This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 28 Days Later. I am your host, Sophie, joined as always by. What would be a good word to describe Hannah? I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm at my very own desk now, so I have my own books and not Jeremy's. And I'm going to choose Tricky, my very tricky sister, Hannah. How's it going, Hannah? This tricky bitch over here. (laughs) (laughs) How you been, dude? Um, hanging in there, you know, it's, um, school and working and all that is just slowly sucking the life out of me, but here we are. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, Folks that are listening to this when it comes out might be confused because you just got one of our episodes in your feed last week. Uh, You're not, you're not wrong. Uh... I did a very... You're not wrong, but we don't want to hear it. (laughs) What I should say is you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. No, um, you're not wrong. It took me a really long time to get November's episode edited. Hannah and I recorded that episode maybe the first first or second day of November, and it didn't come out until the the month was almost over. And here we are turning around to give you another episode. So... I don't want to create unrealistic expectations. You now will have to wait a full month before you hear from us again. However, we have a very special episode for you today. And before we get to it, I just want to do a quick check-in. I just want to say I feel like it should be no surprise that we just play things kind of fast and loose here. (laughs) Especially around the holidays. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And we appreciate the people who stick with it and roll with the punches. Um, And if you're new here, we're then we apologize, but we hope you can also just kind of be cool. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You know, as a character in this show, uh, this movie once said, needy is not a good look. And so um, if you're like popping up in my DMs telling me that we're releasing our episodes inconsistently and like you don't know when to expect us, I'm just going to have to ask you to back the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the reality is uh, Hannah and I produced a shit ton of content in October, which I think we're both very proud of. And then we were like, oh shit, but the rest of the year, how, how is that a thing? So here we are. Um, As we record this, Thanksgiving just passed in the United States, a very fraught holiday, obviously, because uh, it is a holiday that takes place specifically to celebrate the genocide of Native Americans, which... We don't love and we don't condone. Um, and I had a, I had a pretty chill, uh, holiday with my fiance's family, although I inadvertently created several new traditions, all of which require me to do something. <laughs> so <laughs> from now until forever, all of my Thanksgivings with Jeremy's folks will require way more tasks. Like before this, it was like Sophie will bake an apple pie the end. Um, and I was like, cool, but this year I always do a variation of apple pie. And I thought this year I'm going to bake a new apple pie recipe and I'm going to make my own crust because I've never made my own crust. But on top of that, which would have been enough, some might say, on top of that change, I baked a chocolate chip cheesecake 
before Thanksgiving, uh, which I have been told I now have to bake every time before Thanksgiving. And then the day after Thanksgiving, I baked a fresh loaf of four seed uh, Dutch oven bread, which we use to make our leftover sandwiches. And so I've been told I have to bake that bread every year for Thanksgiving. And then do you have to burn your hand on it as well? Oh, God, I know. Yeah, Hannah knows that I burned the shit out of my hand grabbing the Dutch oven lid. Um, So uh, hopefully that will not be part of the tradition. Uh, Although, funny story, Hannah, um, and thank you for introducing this segue that I wasn't going to include, but it feels relevant since we talked about me injuring my hand. Um, I burned all of the knuckles on my left hand picking up the 450-degree Dutch oven lid without an oven mitt on like a real dum-dum and then also yesterday um definitely I'm the kind getting... of person we want to now require to use that frequently <laughs> this as frequently year. as possible every year yeah <laughs> um see i like my dutch oven because the the handle on the lid is very unusual and so before i grab the lid on the dutch oven i have at home i have to think about it and i go oh yeah it's hot but theirs is like a standard pot lid and so i just grabbed it you know, out of habit and burn my hand. And then yesterday I fucked up my other hand and I forget if I sent a Snapchat to our family group, which I may or may not have. Uh, but I, I'm finally getting back into the gym to do some powerlifting with my good friend and uh, proceeded to have a really great session and be like, oh, wow, I remembered a lot of this shit. I'm pretty proud of myself. We haven't lifted in months and I was just learning when we stopped. Uh, but I did smash my finger skin between two 25-pound weights and get the biggest blood blister I've ever seen on my right hand. So it's not been a good week for my hands, um, but that's okay. And my final tradition I started was um, using the leftover homemade pie crust to make mini cinnamon rolls, which I did the Saturday morning after Thanksgiving before we went back to Kansas City. So there's been a lot of baking uh, in my neck of the woods, Hannah. How have things been going Holy for you? Shit. <laughs> my God, that's a lot of baking. It was Sophie, a lot of baking. you already got the ring. Like, who are you trying to impress? I know. And I can't stress, I can't stress enough that the cinnamon roll thing was a whole, it was a whole, it was a whole situation because I had leftover pie crust. My fiance's mom, my soon-to-be mother-in-law, said to me, you know, when I was a kid, my great aunt used to use the leftover cake pie pie crust to make mini cinnamon rolls in the morning. And she would get all of us kids up on the counter and we would all make them together. And I was like, that's really awesome. And she goes, we should do that. And I was like, okay. So I threw the leftover pie dough in the refrigerator. And then the morning we're going to leave, I'm like doing shit. I go for a run. I'm packing my suitcase. And my fiance comes in and is like, hey, um, everyone's waiting for you to make the cinnamon rolls. And I was like, oh, I assumed your mom was going to do it because she's done it before and it was her idea. (laughs) But no, it was for me to do while my lovely mother-in-law, who I love, like stood over me and made suggestions, (laughs) but did not want to do it. Um, Sounds very relaxing. It was a whole time, but they did come out really well. In fairness, uh, she does not have a lot of comfortability around cooking or baking. So I think she was like, I know this is a thing that I've seen done before. I don't know how to do it and I don't feel comfortable doing it, which is okay. I just wish it had been communicated to me more clearly that this was going to be a me job before it was time to do it. (laughs) But they were delicious. (laughs) 
Speaking of things that are delicious, Hannah, how have you been? Okay, so yes, um, wow, what a way to introduce that. I was literally like <laughs> listening to you talk about baking and mother-in-laws, and I was like, how in the world is that going to bring us to my thing? And you know what? You did it. I'm a consummate professional, you know? I really can't help it. Truly. I mean, I know I like to talk a bunch of shit, but I am truly amazed by how well you accomplish, make sure we accomplish all things we need to accomplish on this podcast. Um, yeah. So the thing that Sophie's referring to is that, um, while I personally, for whatever reason, over the last couple of years have kind of taken to spending Thanksgiving by myself, I really like it to be like a day where I literally don't have to do anything. Um, and that's kind of my own tradition now. And that's what I did. So I didn't like go anywhere or eat anything. Um, mm-hmm. but I did just get to hang out by myself with my kittens and that was lovely. Um, before Thanksgiving, um, <laughs> I don't even know. Yes. How to explain yes. This. Yes. Yes. So, um, as some of you might know, I've been dating someone, um, since the summer and, I don't remember if I've mentioned it on this podcast. I feel like I may have before, but I also am a person who I suffer from many random ailments, um, but especially and often in the form of UTIs. Um, and basically since I've been dating my current boyfriend, I've been having UTIs like constantly, um, but like with very mysterious symptoms and circumstances. It's all very strange. Um, and all of that has been very puzzling to us until recently where we went on, um, vacation together. And, um, you know, I say vacation in quotes cause he was working and I just went along with him. But, um, where were you? Can you remind the, or tell the audience where you were? We were in Florida. Yeah, you were hanging out with the iguanas, being warm. Saw some iguanas, ate some seafood, went to the beach one day. It was very exciting. Um, So one of the days that we were there, um, my boyfriend was working till like midnight um, and he got home at like 1 a.m. And he had been, he'd been working like all day and it was like our last day of vacation. So, you know, naturally he comes home from work you know, things get, get to going and then, you know, (laughs) we're doing Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) We're doing it. You know, as you do. Um, and as couples do when they're on vacation, you know, um, and essentially, um, we've only been dating for a few months and just due to preferences and timing and opportunity, um, we decided to try something that we hadn't done before, um, Mm -hmm. in the form of him coming in my mouth. And I basically went into anaphylactic shock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> now hannah how could that happen like what does that mean um so i basically like my throat closed up and my mouth went numb my lips and tongue felt really like swollen and sort of like i had like a uh, novocaine or something 
um, and this my throat. This is so horrifying. I've already heard the story and it's still <laughs> so horrifying. And my throat was like legit closing up. Like I was having trouble breathing. I was like coughing and, and like dry heaving a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weirdest part was that my temperature like rose a lot. And then I started feeling mm-hmm. like, like sort of like that weird stabby feeling you get in your chest when you like can't catch your breath. Uh-huh. But, like, continuously for a very long time. Um, so we had to get, like, a Benadryl from the front desk. And then um, upon further research and speaking with a professional doctor, um, we suspect that I might have a semen allergy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you do. Which <laughs> I cannot say out loud like even though i've said it several times every single time i say it i'm just like what are the fucking chances like what the fuck is my life like who what yeah how mm-hmm. and like why you, also why why don't why for those of you who don't know a lot about semen allergies because why would you um one of the things is, like, if if you do develop an allergy, it doesn't necessarily mean it's, like, to everyone. It's usually to a specific person. Yeah, you're so allergic like, to his I'm semen. I'm specifically allergic to my boyfriend and his, what I keep calling his toxic, his toxic splooge. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Um... And yeah, like it most commonly affects when I was reading through, you know, obviously the next day he and I are both like reading up all these articles and things on it and like sending them to each other. And he sent me one where he was like, um, one blurb and it was like, it most commonly affects women in their late twenties, early thirties and can appear as recurrent vaginitis, which is like UTIs, Mm -hmm. um, and be misdiagnosed. And he sent me that and he was like, babe, that's you. And I'm like, or no, the the actual quote was like, it most commonly affects women in their early 30s and re- can be misdiagnosed as recurrent vaginitis. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, babe, it's literally you. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm 28. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, so I want to share from my perspective because I was a part of this experience in a small way in that. I was visiting our brother and sister-in-law the weekend that this happened because our brother ran the New York City Marathon because he's a goddamn champion and a hero and we all love him. And I had flown home to watch him do this race. And I spent most of the weekend hanging out with our sister-in-law because our brother had lots of race-related shit to do. And so our sister-in-law, Lauren, and I had been on the phone with you earlier that evening Probably for about an hour. Like, we were drinking, you were drinking. We had a really nice hang over the phone. I woke up in the morning. I woke up Sunday morning, and it's like, okay, we're getting up to go into Manhattan to watch Ryan run. And I have a text from Hannah that she has sent to me and our sister-in-law, and it says, Hey, dudes, sorry to text you so late, but funny story about how my night went. When Nate got home from work, we did some things, and long story short, I had a full-blown allergic reaction to his semen. Had to call the front desk for emergency Benadryl because my throat straight up closed. 
Was my first time doing that with him. And yeah, it turns out this is a new development we're going to have to deal with. Anyway, I love you both. I hope you won't see this until the morning, but thought you'd appreciate the insanity slash hilariousness of my life. Soft serve emoji, sick emoji, ma uh, mask wearing emoji, dead emoji. Um, which was honestly the <laughs> best possible way to experience this news. <laughs> I forgot about the emoji. <laughs> And now that we're discussing this, like, on air in a forum that everyone's going to be able to hear, I have to wonder um, if you immediately thought of Jayma Mills' character in The League, because that's what I thought Oh, of. absolutely. A hundred percent. And especially because... When she, like, straight up almost dies because she's allergic to Andre's semen. Well, because I, when I started reacting that way, I was like, oh my god, like, what if I'm allergic? Like, what if that's been the problem all along? Like, what if all these UTIs that I've been having that have been, like, not really UTIs and, like, confusing all the doctors? Like, maybe right. it's because I'm allergic. Right. And he's like, I don't think that's possible. And I'm like, well, if I've You're learned like, anything from the, the league. league. Yeah. And, like, literally every person I've told about this who was like, I didn't – is that possible? I'm like, well, it happened on the league. But then I, I – you know, then I also, like, did some research and actually talked to a doctor. Long story short – um, this girl has a referral to go see a specialty allergist, um, wherein hopefully we'll find out what next steps are and I'll keep everyone <laughs> in the loop about that. Yeah, please keep us posted. Our listeners are all going to need to know. So far from what I've read, um, one of the things that they say that they do is like your part, they take your partner's semen and put it in like syringes and like eject inject you with like different amounts over time to like build up an immunity to it oh sure like exposing exposing you in small doses. yeah that makes sense to me where are they injecting it i don't know but they can also inject it under the skin of your arm in the first place to test for the allergy right 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 so this could be a really really fun and horrifying experience for us as a couple <laughs> i was gonna say this is really interesting to talk about right after again people will have just listened to our false positive episode and so i can't help but think of that really horrifying scene where justin thoreau goes to give a, a sperm sample and the nurse is like hella creepy <laughs> oh my god yeah i was like is it weird if i like insist that you like use a video of me or something <laughs> I think that's fair. Just because I'm, like, right there. <laughs> Just in case it taints it, you know? Right. I, like, wanted to be pure and with, like, love. <laughs> but also oh. it's so funny because my boyfriend, bless his heart, is, like, such a positive person. And I think He's I'm such pretty... a lovely, dear human. He like, really I, is. I, I love this man. He's so good. He's I'm, – I'm generally pretty positive, um, but let's – be real I am also very commitment phobic in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um so he's like his response to this news is like whatever it takes we're gonna get whatever like allergy therapy anything we need like we're gonna get through this together mm -hmm. and I'm like mm, I don't know it seems like a lot like maybe we should just break up <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was like isn't he was like isn't some part of this kind of cool because like the chances for two people to like find each other like this right. allergy is so rare the fact that like we found each other and like love each other like that's like really meaningful and i'm like eh, 
I don't know. Sounds like a sign that we should just call it. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably easier to think it's like really cool and romantic if you're not the one who almost died from swallowing semen. Yeah, true. Although I did well, notice Hannah- that he was very gentle and careful with me for like a week and a half after that <laughs> when we did like anything sexual. And I was like, are you scared you're going to kill me with your toxic splooge? Because like... God, that's so fucking funny. I genuinely can't handle it. Um, uh, Well, Hannah, thank you so much for sharing that uh, incredibly fantastic story with us. And I I am genuinely sorry that this is happening, even though it is objectively hilarious. Uh, It also sucks. You know, I really just want to be like people... You know how like people are always saying about like Kim Kardashian, how she has like psoriasis and she gets like like rashes Mm -hmm. on her feet. People are like, she's so brave. Like, that's what I want people to say about me and my semen allergy. (laughs) I hope by sharing it on this platform, I can touch just one other person who's going through the same struggle and let them know they're not alone. And hopefully when you touch them, they won't be allergic to you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, I just really, like, when you said... I want to be, I really thought you were going to break into a song and be like, I want to be like the people are, <laughs> not allergic to jizz and just fucking hanging out. <laughs> um, here we are. So anyway, just with that beautiful- semen. <laughs> oh my God. There's, there's no way to segue, but I, I just don't want to diminish- what you just said. And so rather than taint it, taint, with a segue, we're just going to move right into the movie for this week, or this month, rather. So Hannah, um, as we speak, it is the last day in November. And as you are listening to this, December has begun. And as such, we wanted to do something Christmassy. Um, and we could have done like a Christmas horror movie, but that felt kind of, you know, on the nose. So I don't know what Hannah, you're talking about. You... We did do a Christmas horror movie as far as I'm concerned. Correct. So Hannah, why don't you tell us about the movie that we're covering for December? Okay. So Sophie and I chose a film that we both love and have a deep rooted history with. Um, and yeah, as I said, I personally consider it a horror film because um, I'm going to start by giving you the, the the plot summary type deal, and then we'll reveal what movie this is. I love um, it. But I worked on this earlier today as I was watching it. Um, because the movie we're talking about, yes, it takes place at Christmas time, but it centers around an unhinged woman with <laughs> far too many curtains and lamps in her home in a terrifying amount of differing patterns that are mm-hmm. all way too busy. Anyway, this psychopath is so freaked out about Christmas that she kidnaps an innocent man from the diner that she works with works at and drives him to a remote cabin in the wilderness wherein they stop at a creepy gas station along the way. They sure do. With an equally as creepy gas station attendant who somewhat warns them of the dangers that are to come. Um, And then she proceeds to um, basically sexually harass this innocent man who pleads to be taken taken back to his family and to safety 
with this, like, group of people who just keep laughing at his despair. Um, Yeah, they all gaslight the shit out of him. Yeah. Up until there's a, like, a standoff with guns at the end of the movie. So mm-hmm, I, I would mm-hmm. say this is a horror movie in many ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so... If you have listened to that plot synopsis and you don't know what movie this is, first of all, I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know how your life can be even remotely full without this movie already being a part of it. And at the same time, you're welcome. Because if you don't know this movie, we are about to introduce you to one of your brand new favorites. So Hannah and I, this month, are covering the 2006 made-for-TV Christmas movie, Holiday in Handcuffs, starring Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. This I movie is a delight. realize that this movie is basically Get Out. It's also basically Misery. Like, for, there's, yes. there's a lot going on. There's a lot of um, Get Out in this um, for poor Mario Lopez. <laughs> yeah. And so... Hannah and I, this movie is not marketed as a horror film. It's marketed as a Christmas rom-com. But Hannah and I decided that much like people like to recut trailers to make them scary, we were going to do that for this whole movie and review Holiday in Handcuffs as though it were a horror film. Now, I wanted to share uh, one thing up top, which Hannah may or may not know. Hannah, do you know who directed Holiday in Handcuffs? Um, I don't know their name but i know that they also directed city slickers tremors and mighty joe young yes yes (laughs) yes yes so i didn't know this and right before we started filming i was like i'll just see if the director's ever done anything else and i was like ron underwood that name sounds familiar so yes like hannah said uh the movies the four movies he's known for on imdb are in this order tremors great fucking movie city slickers also great Heart and Souls, I've never heard of it, but I'm sure it's fun, and Mighty Joe Young. So clearly, this guy has some awareness of horror goodness. Um, He's still actively working. I think he still directs, like, The Walking Dead. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he he has currently been directing uh, episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. So, like, this guy has done it all. Um, It seems like he's probably pretty familiar working both in film and TV, and he's done sort of like straight comedy. He's done family adventure kind of movies. He's done horror stuff. He's done rom-com. So he's really perfectly calibrated, I think, to direct this movie. Um, now, Hannah, I know you already talked about the fact that we really like this movie. And we're not the only ones. Um, this movie actually became the highest viewed broadcast in the history of ABC Family. <laughs> um, 6.7 million people watched this movie when it came out in 2006. And we were two of those people. And we were two of them. So Hannah, why don't you start by just like giving us a little bit of backstory. What is your experience with this film and what do you think of it overall? Um, Well, I was going to say too, with that in mind, um, I was really wondering, especially once I realized like that this director was actually like pretty accomplished. um, I really wonder like if this was made to be an ABC family movie or if this was intended to be something bigger and then it ended up getting like, I don't know, 
just like passed off until it landed yeah. there. I'm not sure. Um, and I couldn't find I think this, about that. I think this director did enough stuff for TV that I wouldn't be surprised if it was always intended to be a TV movie. Okay. Well, because also, like, Marky Post, um, who plays yeah. the mom, she's, like, a very famous um, television actress. So right. I, I also, like, wondered about that. Also, we should mention, if you're not aware of this, Sophie, um, she died recently. Oh, I was not aware of that. That's such a shame. Yeah, she died in August. I believe it was cancer. Um, wow. But, yeah, so that was, like, my very first note. I was like, oh, R.I.P. Marky Post. That's oh. so sad. And she's great in this. She's so good. And speaking of of the cast, we should also shout out that um, Melissa Joan Hart's – so Marky Post is her mom, and Marky Post's mother, Melissa Joan Hart's grandmother, is played by none other than June Lockhart. So, like, this movie is pretty stacked in terms of cast. Like, you get lots of really great um, folks mixed in, which I really appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also the guy from My Boys and, um, that movie about paper boys from when we were kids. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so my experience with this movie, um, I remember watching it literally when it premiered and we were like, so about it because it had most Joan Hart and Mario Lopez in it. Mm -hmm. Um, was this the movie too, where we like had to stop right before it ended so we had to like quick record it that's a distinct possibility yeah i remember that we had this experience once where we were going from dad's house to mom's house or the other way around and we were watching an abc family christmas movie and it was right before it was going to end and we had to leave to go to the other house but we called the other parent ahead of time and got them to record it or oh my like, god, I remember this. Tape yeah. it. And then when we got there, we fit, all sat down and finished it. And I, I, I'm almost positive it's this movie. Are you sure it's this movie and not the Christmas rom-com where, like, she gets hit by a car and then next Christmas something about... She... An angel comes? I maybe. can't remember. I think that one we were in a similar situation, but we didn't record it so we just like had to pick up where we left off and we were very okay. confused and upset <laughs> um or you know what actually maybe it was with this one oh my god i think this is what it is we were watching it and then we had to stop like halfway through to mm. go from dad's house to mom's house and because it was the night that it premiered they played it two times in a row okay so we waited for it to finish and then started watching it when it started for the second time listeners what you should get out of this story is that um trying to watch anything when you have divorced parents is difficult um and also we were so fucking dedicated like i hannah i had completely forgotten this and i remember this now and this is i remember so this yeah because what ended up happening was like then we like waited and we watched it with um kevin and i think ryan too mm -hmm. and maybe matt um Anyway, so it went from, like, us watching this movie to us, like, roping our whole entire family into, right. like, being way too right. dedicated. Um, but that is to say that, like, in terms of, like, goofy made-for-TV Christmas movies, this one certainly holds a special place in my heart. Um, but also just because I do love how 
Melissa Joan Hart's performance at the beginning is like truly unhinged. Um, and for her to make you actually like find her character sympathetic mm-hmm. um, as the film goes on is like truly impressive because in the beginning she is karaze. Like, yeah, my so first, crazy. My first note for this movie is that, like, especially in the beginning, she's giving us real, like, fatal attraction, single white female vibes. Like, the shit she is doing, like, okay, so when this movie starts, we're getting a voiceover from Melissa Joan Hart, right? So, like, the movie wants us to be in her head and sort of understand where she's coming from and empathize with her. Um, but at the same time, this woman is uh, eating, trying to reheat cold food with a hairdryer. She causes a car accident. She shows up super late to a job interview. And when the woman at the front desk tells her she can't come in, she just barges through anyway and starts screaming through glass at the person that's supposed to interview her. And the shit she is yelling, it's a long story, but... Um, the shit she's yelling is written so that out of context, it sounds like she is uh, trying to get a job for the from this guy and she is a sex worker that he knows. Um, and then she proceeds to go to her job and kidnap a stranger. And that is what the movie centers on. So, like, I think you're That's totally where we're jumping right. off with her. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, she's permed her hair and... Oh boy! And done it terribly, and she's wearing this because she left dress. it in for too. She left it in for too long, so like some of her hair's hella permed, and some isn't at all. Yeah, like it really reminds me of a, a of a time in um, well, in romantic comedies, but especially in like the ones that centered around teenagers, which you know, like is where her like history, I guess, is coming from. Right. And I do feel like they're trying to touch on that a little bit. But the the way that – because this is also the same – okay, also this is crazy to think about given like as much as I love this movie, one thing I despise about it is the clothes in it are so bad. They're awful, yeah. Especially what Melissa Joan Hart is dressed in. This movie came out the same year as The Devil Wears Prada. Holy I just want fuck. you to keep that in mind. These two films <laughs> happened in the same year. I genuinely – I genuinely cannot hold that information in my brain. That um, is so upsetting. But the, part of the reason I point that out is because The Devil Wears Prada is very much the same, like, formula as this, where, like, the main girl is, like, a total disaster. It's like, she has frizzy hair, and she wears big sweaters, like, <laughs> and she can't get anywhere on time without spilling on herself. Like, that's, like... The, this era of movie and this movie does that so well like it's almost a parody mm-hmm. it's so absurd like how much of a mess that she is um which makes it even more impressive that she's able to kind of like come back from that and seem like a real person <laughs> right exactly um well while we're talking about this in the context of it being a horror movie uh we got a shout out that this movie makes a reference a very explicit and direct reference to The Shining in the first, like, ten minutes. Um, because Melissa Joan Hart's character is going to meet her entire family, which which is a source of tension for her, at a remote cabin in the mountains in the snow. And she's like, it's going to be like The Shining. Um, so I love that in a movie that 
feels like it really um, has a lot in common with misery. I love that we're like pulling to another Stephen King novel and film um, right at the jump to be like, just so you know what we're getting into, you know? Yeah. I also think it's funny too, because right in the beginning, like she's bringing this boyfriend of hers to meet her parents. And when her friend like asks her, like if she likes him, Mm -hmm. she's basically like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, let's let's talk about that scene. Um, I watched this movie while I was cooking dinner, and I was so horrified by most of the dialogue in that scene that I had to stop everything I was doing and replay it so I could take notes. So um, we've sort of addressed, right, that she does a bad perm. She has a bad job interview. When she goes to her current job, she's a waitress at a restaurant. But she's showing up late at... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks a mess and she's clearly not dressed appropriately. She's like in her Christmas dress that she's wearing to dinner that night for some reason. Um, and so she starts talking to her best friend and I'm just going to give you some of the bullet points from this sequence. First of all, she tells her best friend that she has quote, nothing to offer her family because she has not given them a husband or grandkids. Then she says, also her friend, think- total classic best friend in a rom-com, like big yes. curly hair. Yes. <laughs> and it's just yes. like, you go girl. A hundred percent. She tells her best friend that because she doesn't have a male partner in her life, that her parents already think she's a lesbian, God forbid. And then her friend, to your point when her friend is like, Hey, your boyfriend is like, he's not that great. And I don't like him. Um, Her response is sort of like, yeah, well, he's wealthy and successful. What's wrong with that? And her friend says, and I just like literally started, paused my movie and started clapping. It's easy to be wealthy and successful when you're born wealthy and inherit success. Yes. That is how we had our last president. (laughs) Um, And then her shitty boyfriend comes in and is basically like, I lied to you about doing Christmas with your family so that you would fuck me. Um, and you being needy when she's like, Hey, this is like pretty shitty of you. I was planning on you to be there and I need you to be there. He's like, yeah, that whole needy thing is like not a turn on. And then he leaves. And also that guy literally plays that shit boyfriend in like multiple Christmas made for TV movies. (laughs) Yeah. But like in that, first of all, that scene does a great job because right after that is when she sort of within the parlance of this movie, like has a psychotic break essentially um, and kidnaps a man. So I feel like this scene does a great job of like a laying out um, the stresses our character is facing and sort of like telling us how she could get to the point that she's at, but it still manages to like be kind of silly so that when she does kidnap this guy, we're like, Oh fuck. What? Mm hmm. But you're not really like, oh, she's dangerous. It's just like, right. this lady's lost it. Like, she's I mean, so she kooky. does. <laughs> she does almost shoot his dick off. I know, which is also so great. And when she, and she lies to the gas station attendant and says that she's whisking him away to a romantic weekend and she calls it a tie me up, tie me down kind of time. And this like mm-hmm. old man is like, oh, yes, girl, and gives her a pair of fuzzy handcuffs. Yeah. On the house. I wanted to I wanted to talk about that because I really appreciated you including that in your plot synopsis because um again, it really is a sequence that is shot 
if you've watched a horror movie, you have seen someone arrive at this gas station on their way to a remote cabin. Literally. Like, I was like, is this the exact same gas station yes. as I've seen in another movie? <laughs> yes. Um, I was honestly, I mean, they couldn't have done this because this movie came out after them. But I was sort of disappointed it just wasn't the Oracle character from Cabin in the Woods. Because it just felt like it was very funny to have that scene shot from the perspective where like we are rooting for the character that if this was a straight horror film, we would be rooting against, right? Like if this was a horror movie, we'd be empathizing with the victim who's been kidnapped and we would be wanting him to get away. And in this sequence, we're really rooting for her to uh, be able to pass through this interaction undetected. And it's really funny to watch that on its head. Like that's very amusing. And this, this, um, character actor who plays the older gentleman in the gas station is super fucking creepy for all the wrong reasons mostly uh misogynistic um but melissa joan hart again does like a great job in this scene yeah when she turns around and says to him at one point like you you better watch out or i'm coming back for you next and he's like (laughs) yeah he's like oh please do yeah um yeah, and I wrote that in my notes. I was just like, this movie is a horror movie. I don't care what anyone says. Down to the gas mm-hmm. station before the secluded cabin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, exactly. I said, she's a real crazy lady with some very thin eyebrows at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and also, low-key, the performance by the friend is actually very solid. Yeah, she's really good. I mean, again, to your point, this movie does not give her a whole lot to do, but she is very good with what this movie gives her. Um, And based off what we see later on, um, which we'll get to, I imagine, she's got like her own stuff going on. Like at least she's not literally like just totally one dimensional. A hundred percent. I mean, I think this movie does a good job of giving us um, interesting side characters, um, some of which we'll address later on in the movie Hannah, I was curious, you know, we are two women who host a podcast that purports to be uh, feminist leaning. So I would like to know your reaction to the following quote, which comes from the movie. You're one of those hairy lady man hater types who's been, uh, wait, what? Oh, who's been turned down time after time. And now you're taking it out on an innocent bystander. Yeah, I wrote that down, hairy lady man-hater types. <laughs> I took that personally. <laughs> you took that personally. I, I'm literally over here, like, with my unshaved armpits, <laughs> making sweatshirts that say women are better. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah's like, I'm literally over here with my hairy armpits, straight up allergic to semen, and this movie feels like a personal attack. <laughs> but that's so funny, like... That too, that that's Mario Lopez who says that, right? Yes, he says that to her when he's like, oh, I get it. Like, this is why you kidnapped me because you're some like and I- liberal, like she bitch who wants to take it out on a straight guy. Like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And like, and it's like, bro, this could not have less to do with you. But I think that that's also part of what makes this movie work is that mm-hmm. he's such a dick in the beginning yes. that you don't even feel bad for him. Right. You're like, whatever, dude, you suck. Yeah, we're like, she's got a lot going on, and, like, you need to just chill out and play along. Yeah, it's like, we're like, you don't do that to Melissa Joan Hart, even if she's <laughs> kidnapping you. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and like you said, like, as soon as she gets to, I love this 
Um, again, something that in a different context would be very unsettling, but her like straight up gaslighting the shit out of him. She, when they get to the house, she goes, she's like, you wait here. And she leaves him in the car and she goes inside and she's like, Hey, my boyfriend likes to do this really funny thing where he pretends that he's been kidnapped (laughs) and he thinks it's super funny. So if he does that, like he does it when he's nervous. So we all seem to like need to laugh, even though it's not funny. So this poor man walks inside and is like, this woman fucking pointed a gun at me, almost shot my dick off and kidnapped me. And they're like, (laughs) that's ridiculous. Yeah. They're all like, Oh, you're so funny. Well, and then later he gets in the car with the dad and he grabs the steering wheel and tries Mm -hmm. to like overpower Mm -hmm. him to, to take the car. And the dad like puts him in a headlock and is like, I'll keep this between us. (laughs) Yes, exactly. He's like, Oh yeah. Relationships are scary, man. (laughs) Yes. That was 100% my next note, which is that, again, another sequence where I was like, this movie is straight up a horror movie. Where, like, the dad puts him in a headlock while the dad is still driving a car and is, like, choking Mario Lopez out. And he's like, yeah, relationships can feel kind of suffocating, but it's worth it. And I'm not going to tell anybody about this. And it just feels like the kind of shit that would happen in a horror movie with a character, like one character who is delusional reading a situation in a different way. Like, that's how this scene plays. Right, well, but that's also shot part of laugh. thinking about with, like, this movie being a lot like Get Out is, like... Is like this fam. He's being taken to this like fancy mansion full of like out of touch white people who are like telling him what he's feeling and what he's experiencing. Yes, Hannah. as he's like actively being like, "I am in danger. <laughs> I need help. Like, I did not choose to be here." And they're all like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Like, you're gonna be a member of this family, like whether you want to or not. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's, like, objectifying him and talking about his body and, like, asking him for golf instructions. It is not that dissimilar to get out. It's this is really, a very unsettling really fact. really not. <laughs> and, like, even, I'm not going to lie, like, Marky Post definitely gives some real Catherine Keener vibes. Yes. Um, the dad is not cool enough to be Bradley Whitford. Oh, no, 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 no. He looks legit like George W. Bush. He really does. He it's so really upsetting. Does. Um, it's very confusing. It injects horror into the narrative in a way that I did not want or ask for. I would like to return this. I did not order it. Um, there's, like, (laughs) I did not order it. Um, (laughs) wait, shoot, what did that make me think of? Something with Marky Post being, oh, like, her stirring the eggnog is, like, her stirring the tea and... (laughs) But, like, and, and, um, yeah, just, like, it's so creepy in that there is a part of it that's like you would believe almost that he could like literally be like forced to marry this woman mm-hmm. and like he would be like saying no 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 and like it would still they would still make it happen exactly, exactly. <laughs> they would just gaslight him into and until he was married <laughs> yeah okay so i want to talk about another side character that i loved and i feel like we're gonna agree on this Let's talk about Maria and how she should have her own fucking movie. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because I watched this earlier and my boyfriend was like trying to like kind of peek, 
peek in right. on it every now and then. And I literally like called his attention to her at one point. I was like, I love this woman. She's like the best part of this movie. <laughs> She's the gem of the movie. So uh, Mario Lopez's character before he was so rudely kidnapped was planning to propose to his girlfriend, Jessica, who is the worst. And wearing a um, bumpet. <laughs> mm-hmm, the whole time. She like, it's really upsetting to me because she looks a little bit like Casey Wilson when Casey Wilson played Penny, except she's like, if Penny weren't had like no redeeming qualities and was like a rich douchebag. And it's like very unsettling for me to watch. And she um, has like, um, one of those like weird early 2000s movie person voices where it's like, not quite a baby voice, but it's like, it just doesn't sound like a real woman's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so yeah, and there's like, just a lot going that's on. That's my husband. <laughs> yes, there yeah, there's a lot going on with her. And so um there is a sequence where David is able to get access to a cell phone. He tries to call his girlfriend. She does not answer. So he calls her house. And she's incredibly wealthy, and they have a uh Latina woman working in their home. Her name is Maria. So Maria brings the phone to the mom, Jessica's mom. And Jessica's mom is like lounging by the indoor pool with a face mask on and and also not the like COVID kind, the luxury kind. And like um and what looked to be pickles, if I'm being honest. Those looked like pickles, not cucumbers. Oh, pickles which seems like it would really fucking hurt <laughs> and so she's on the phone and she's not really listening to mario lopez and then she keeps reaching for her drink um on the side table which maria has very cleverly placed just far enough away that she cannot reach them and she keeps being like maria my drink maria and then she leans too far and falls out of her chair onto the ground and she you know she's a she is a woman who has lived a life. And so like, it seems like maybe she could have hurt herself. And then it pans up to Maria's face who goes, Oh no, ma'am, not again. And I, every time, like every fucking time, <laughs> it's so goddamn good. Like, I love her. I genuinely can't handle it. She's and the then best. Later, she comes back yeah. again later. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what she does later, Hannah. Like, when do we see her a second time? And then give Maria a goddamn movie. Like literally like later after, David is returned home to his like horrible in-laws. Um, he needs to like go outside for some fresh air because his soon to be wife is like stressing him out so much. Um, She's like, look at 1 million fonts and tell me what you think of it. He them. also literally has like just come home from being kidnapped. You'd think, you know, you'd mm-hmm. be like a little more concerned. Also, he would have literally just proposed to her. Um, and they're already uh, looking at, it is at, very aggressive. Like they're already like, looks like they're getting married in like two weeks. Yeah, um, like, it's basically the night that he got home. Yes. And then someone in the background says, like, where's Maria with the next wedding dress? No, it's to- the mom. It's the mom oh, it's again. it's the mom. Yes. I didn't recognize her without the pickles over her eyes. You were waiting for her to have a cast on her broken arm that she broke falling out of her chair. <laughs> She's like, where's Maria with the next dress? And then, like, a couple of minutes later, David goes outside to get a to get a breath of fresh and... There's Maria standing in a wedding dress, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Wearing like a big flannel jacket over top. And he's like... And she just like does not give a fuck. Does not, does not give a fuck, does not do anything. And David's like, they're kind of a lot. And she's just like, tell me about it. <laughs> yep. And also like, so I am going to jump back plot wise, but we just like, Maria has to have her own segment in the pod because she's so good. Um, 
I got so mad in that scene when like he so he says to his fiance, I need to step outside for a breath of fresh air. He steps outside. She says, okay. He steps outside. He says to Maria, they can be kind of a lot. And then his fiance opens the door and is like, there you are. We need you inside. And I literally wrote in my notes in all caps, Jessica, he just stepped out. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, calm the fuck down. He just stepped out. She's so unreasonable. But to, to backtrack, um, when David is finally able to call his fiance, who we don't like, and t- he tells her that he's been kidnapped, she goes directly to the police, right? Mm-hmm. So, Hannah, how does how does that go? Oh, God. In well, true I- horror movie fashion, how do the police react to a woman being like, I have a concern and I need help? They're, like, wasted having a Christmas party and they laugh at her. Also, one of them says, let me guess, domestic disturbance. First of all, a rude thing to assume about just because it's a woman. And second of all, if that's what's happening to her, why would you say it like that? Yeah. And in my notes, I wrote, hashtag defund the police. <laughs> like, sense- clearly, they no sensitivity training was given. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and you know what I was thinking, too, about, like, the... There is some aspects of, of – in this movie, right, there's a lot of focus on – well, for one thing, it's like uh, Melissa Joan Hart immediately is assuming that David is very wealthy and she's making a lot of assumptions about him based off of that. But then we're also seeing like this family that he's marrying into, which is full of like terrible rich white people. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because in the – because like Melissa Joan Hart's family – in a lot of ways, are also pretty terrible rich white people. So it's kind of funny that they're, like, differing levels of, like, out-of-touch yeah, white, rich white people. It's, like, the um, Melissa Joan Hart's family is, like, very waspy, and, like, they're gaslighting not just David, but also, like, each other. Yeah, um, yeah, like, absolutely. A great example of that is when they give each other Christmas gifts, and, like, literally everyone's Christmas gifts from their parents – are like something that they wish that they were doing that they're not doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they're v- very like I don't know. Again, probably because I'm like connecting this so much to Get Out. <laughs> they're like mm-hmm. the people who like think that they're woke, but they're still like very out of touch and like they're just like all about the microaggressions. Um, yeah. Whereas like the other family are just like straight up. Terrible. Terrible. Um, well, and to compare it to Get Out, like, you have another movie. I know this might be stretching the, the analogy too far, but it's like, you have another movie where our one of our lead characters, if we're considering Mario Lopez the lead for the sake of this argument, you have a non-white lead. In I a think movie so. Populated by white folks. And that scene with him and Maria where he's like, it can get really intense in there, right? Like watching it now it's like it is interesting and i don't i highly doubt the movie did this on purpose because i think this movie was probably like (laughs) we refuse to see mario lopez as having an ethnicity other than white because he's like a hot famous person Mm -hmm. and so like he's automatically different than maria his ethnicity for the for all intents and purposes of this film is abs (laughs) yeah 
But like, but I think that scene has a different meaning, right? When like he steps outside and says to Maria, like it can be a lot in there. It mm-hmm. like reminds me of uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya in Get Out being like, I don't know about you, but I get too nervous when there's too many white people around, right? Where it's like, can we just acknowledge that this is weird? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. I mean, honestly, is there a December issue of Grimm? And are you going to write an essay about how <laughs> Holiday in Handcuffs is a great precursor to Get Out? Um, so unfortunately, unfortunately, Grimm only releases every six months. And so the next one is in February. And even though the theme is bad romance, I've already pitched my piece. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll have to do some thoughts about that. But um can I make a comparison to another horror film that came out after this movie? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Is it just me? Or did the scene where Melissa Joan Hart accidentally walks in on M- Mario Lopez getting out of the shower remind you a little bit of the guest? Oh my God. Wait. It's like... It- well, especially because, like, the way that they're standing is exactly the same. It's... Fr- Again, this movie came out... Like, this movie came out significantly before the guest i'm not suggesting that this movie was influenced by the guest i would love to believe that the guest was influenced by this movie <laughs> but like the staging of that shot is very similar and also mario lopez's abs are phenomenal yes i remember um, having some bathing suit area feelings about that as a youth <laughs> watching this movie in 2006 dude as a youth I watched this today. I'm a 32-year-old woman, and I watched this movie today, and when she walks into the bathroom, and he's standing there in a towel, and she's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to be here. And he just goes, did you need to take a shower? (laughs) And she's like, no, 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 no. And I was like, bitch, he wanted to take a shower with you. Get in the fucking shower. Get in the shower right now. Wait, that's actually (laughs) so funny. That Wait, that that means that, okay, I now have to say a few things, because it's, it's, you're okay. really teeing me up for a couple things here. <laughs> Number one, it. one thing I noticed about that scene is I find it very funny in movies of this era where there was always a way to have the girl walk in on the guy shirtless. I find it very funny yes. how the guy in these in these scenes always seems to be just as turned on as the woman. Like, he's mm-hmm. like, just you seeing me shirtless is turning me on. <laughs> Like Mario Lopez straight up seemed like he was turning he was turned on by himself and he was like, I'm glad that you can also appreciate this. Wait, now I just um, wanna say that I I that... wanna say because so I can pr- try to protect the sanctity of this uh relationship in this movie because I love it even though it is so fucked. Um I feel I read that scene differently where I feel like he's not turned on by her. Well, maybe he is turned on by her seeing him, but it's not the him he's excited about. He's like, he's been like the whole beginning of this movie. He's been like, this woman's a psycho. And now he's like, you know what? I kind of get it. Even he is like, I understand why she kidnapped me. Her motives make sense to me. (laughs) She is a full person. And I'm kind of into it. And then she walks in and he sees her get flustered and he's like, oh, damn, like, she into all this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's also, I think it's before that, too, that he she catches him, like, checking out her sister. And he's like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. jealous. (laughs) He's like, your sister is so limber. And it's like, ew, gross. Um, Okay, but but yes, their chemistry is amazing. 
So this is another thing I have to tell you, because this is perhaps one of the most horrifying details I noticed about the movie this time around. Okay. When mm-hmm. they first arrive at the house, and their mother is showing them around, Melissa Joan Hart says, I'm 27, I can share a bedroom with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> She's supposed to be 27 in this movie? I'm like, first of all, I'm 28. I cannot believe. As established in this podcast I am supposed to be, I cannot believe that I am older than Melissa Joan Hart is supposed to be in this film. Second off, I always Google this because I find it so interesting. I don't know if you Googled it because I like to make you guess. How old do you think Melissa Joan Hart really was in this movie? Ooh, I feel really bad because I actually just Googled this before you asked me. Um, but I'll let you tell people the answer. Okay, so she was 30. Uh-huh. Which... So they exaggerated her age a- by a whole three years. They, ex- they exaggerated her age um, a bit. But although not, for not some by reason, that her- much. Not by that much. But she seems so much older. <laughs> Everybody you're seems so that- much older. Hannah, I just need to tell you that you're reaching that age where you're going to start being like, wait, celebrities are younger than me? And then you're like, oh. I know that that's already happening to me. I literally thought you were about to mm-hmm. say you're reaching that interval in your voice mm-hmm. when you like know everyone's younger than you. <laughs> so I was like, you're reaching that energy. <laughs> okay, did you look up how you're reaching Mario that Lopez age was where in you- this movie? Uh, was he 32? Are you Googling Is he younger it? than her? No, I wasn't. No, I was he's older than her. He was 33. Oh, shit, I was so close. He was in his Jesus year. That makes sense. Those goddamn abs. I just don't... Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> that your 30, 30 years, your Jesus year? Yeah. Jesus died when he was 33, Hannah. Read a Bible. <laughs> Well, but, like, do people call it that? (laughs) Some people do, yes. Okay, that's... I never heard that before. That's crazy. But also, I don't understand why Melissa Joan Hart just couldn't be 30 in this movie. I mean, I think it kind of goes along with this whole thing of, like, hairy lady man-hater types and, like, how, like, literally not 10 minutes can go by in this film without someone suggesting she might be kind of gay. Like, just the era that this movie came out. And it's like, she can't be 30 and unmarried, but, like, 27's fine. (laughs) I was gonna say, also, like, I don't know what... I am am a millennial. I'm kind of, like, squarely in the middle of millennialism, but... So I don't... I can't speak to what life was like for Gen Xers, but, like, is this what life was like for Gen Xers? It was, like, you graduated college nary a couple of years ago and you have not settled down and made a lucrative career for yourself so you must be a gay failure like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) this movie is so fucking weird yeah at least in this day and age i can be a gay failure but like it's cool now (laughs) (laughs) um well, if we can return to this movie ending in a hail of gunfire, which it doesn't, but there is a standoff with weapons. Um, the cops finally find where David has been kidnapped to. And I wrote down Grandma's quote. The cops come in, guns blazing, and they're trying to arrest everyone. And Grandma says, 
I don't know who brought home the bacon, but I'm going to be the one to fry it up with a gun. Uh. And I just, I laughed. Amazing. Laughed and laughed. <laughs> so good. <laughs> this is also after she tried to drunkenly steal a car and crashed it. <laughs> uh-huh. I really so, love the relationship between Mario Lopez and the grandmother in this movie. Oh my god, yeah, well, because when she friggin' brandishes a gun at the cops, he's like, let me handle this. And he, like, comes yeah. over and puts his hand on her shoulder and, like, just looks at her. And she just, like, like, buries her head in, like, his arm nook in shame she just nestles and confusion. Right in and it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Um... I am getting to the end of my notes. I do want to make sure that we highlight a quote that I think was really beautiful. And I would like, I want everyone to sort of like inscribe in their mind for when you have people in your life, whether that's friends or family, hopefully it's not both. And if you're very lucky, it's neither that want you to be a thing that is not what or who you are. And when Melissa Joan Hart's family shows up at her art show and she's sort of like, I wanted this night to be for me. I don't want to deal with your expectations. What she says to them is, I love you guys, but if you make me choose between me and you, I choose me. And I thought that that was fucking beautiful. Yeah, that was very good. And that was kind of a throwaway line, too. Yeah. She like, like says uh, it, but they're like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful. Yeah, um, like, I also really liked early on, although I thought this meant more toward this being a horror movie, in her Mm -hmm. um, voiceover, Melissa Joan Hart says, the difference between sanity and insanity comes down to timing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was super fucking creepy. I'm like, Um, you're about to murder somebody. (laughs) Now, in true horror movie fashion, this movie ends with a brutal bloodbath. No, I'm just kidding. It ends with, like, a beautiful smooch, and Mario Lopez picks up Melissa Joan Hart and twirls her around, and she's so tiny and short, and it's very, very cute. Um, It very much is. Oh, it's... Yes. I mean, like, their chemistry is genuinely unbeatable. This is, like, a top number one Christmas rom-com for both of us, I think. Like, we watch it every single year. Um... I love watching this movie with people that haven't seen it yet because it's just so off the rails. And a fun fact that we know about it, although I did not see it in the IMDb trivia, even though I'm pretty sure it used to be there, so maybe someone scrubbed it from the internet, is that they did film this movie uh, on location in a remote cabin, I believe, in Canada. Um, And there was a, like, flu bug going around, and so at various points during the filming, every single cast member got violently ill. And so, if you <laughs> okay, know I that Okay, I remembered reading movie, that, too. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you've seen this movie before, and you watch it again, or if you're about to watch it for the first time, you can know while watching it that in between takes, people were just, like, taking turns, like, shitting and vomiting everywhere, because everybody was really fucking sick. which somehow the charm of this movie is so high that like that doesn't even like tarnish how beautiful this this rom-com is like i just can't yeah well i feel like that probably just bonded them all no wonder they feel like a family (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Hannah, um, do you have anything else? I have one last question for you, but I want this to be what we end on. So I don't want to cut you off if you have anything else to share. Um, I think that's pretty much all I had. Yeah. Okay, Hannah, uh, because we're reviewing this uh, holiday horror film, I'd like you to tell me the scariest part of Holiday in Handcuffs for you. Ooh, what a question that I was not expecting. So I'm like, yeah, ooh, I what am I going to say? Um, Would you like me to go first so that you can think of an answer? Because I did think of one ahead of time. Yes, I you go first. I gave myself a prompt uh, before recording. My answer would be the phone call between Melissa Joan Hart and her mother in the very opening when her mom um, gives her shit about her language and then makes her feel bad about not having a husband yet and then makes a comment about an outfit being flattering to her hips because her hips are too big. Uh, and that was the most horrifying I wrote that down in my notes, me. actually, that she said, you need to wear it. Um, I wrote that down actually in my notes because she said it's good because it slims your hips. She yeah. said that pink as a Joe color Hart, like, slims her hips. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Melissa Joan Hart like looks at her hips and is kind of like, ugh, and then keeps getting dressed. And it's like, Melissa Joan Hart is fucking beautiful. Even though there are some questionable, very questionable wardrobe choices and hair choices throughout <laughs> the film. Um yeah, she is a gem. So I've give, we've given you time. I have vamped. What is your scariest moment? I think my scariest is maybe when the mom is folding her husband's underwear and talking about yes, how bleak it is. So have had talking to her daughter about how bleak it is to have only and I quote boinked one person. <laughs> so rough i did not like it she also says at that the end she has they... nightmares about being smothered in her in her husband's underwear which is horrifying yes and also like um later when she says um or when the brother tries to tell um melissa joan hart that like oh they're better now because like they went to therapy i i was really like i was like i know i've seen this movie before but some part of me was really thinking that he was about to say they're in an op- they decided to open their marriage <laughs> <laughs> maybe they did and, we just and like they're know. doing so much better now I, I feel like that's the i feel like that's the subtext <laughs> mm-hmm. i love that i love that a lot um well hannah we got kind of out of the habit of doing a very important part of our podcast, which is rating the movies. Now, obviously, we usually do a Bloody Mary, but because of some of your sensitivities to semen and other things, you can't drink Bloody Marys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was going to say eggnogs, but you also or historically don't Marys. like eggnog. Oh, God. Yeah, or like dude eggnog, am I right? Um, eggnog, yeah, another so thing sorry. that could also be called Sploogy Marys. All right, <laughs> Hannah. How many Sploogy Marys out of five would you give Holiday in Handcuffs? Oh, I just dropped my phone. Sorry. Um, okay. I would give it. I think I would give it four. Mm-hmm. Um, with some brandy, you know, with like the amount of brandy that grandma puts in it. 
um, not our grandma, grandma in this, so it's so in thick. this, uh, they, they reference it quite often that grandma in this film is a drunk, but they just say she's had too many eggnogs, like, every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but because to me, it's like, this movie is just fun, and it, like, it reminds me, you know, it's very nostalgic for me, but also I feel like for a lot of people to see Mario Lopez and Melissa Joan Hart in a movie like this, I feel like the character that Melissa Joan Hart is playing is, like, so similar. It's, like, the grown-up version of her character from that movie she was in with um, Adrian Grenier. Oh, yeah. I yeah, it's, like, literally that, that movie again. Yes. Yeah. Um, down to the way that he picks her up and kisses her at the end. Like, literally. <laughs> it's, like, the same movie. Oh. Um, so, I, and, and I feel like this movie just has enough going for it that's, like, fun and goofy that it's it's still fun to watch, even if you didn't, like, see it as a kid and it, and it is enjoyable to you for that reason. I totally agree. Um, I am also going to give this movie four Sploogy Marys. <laughs> I just genuinely can't. Um and as a before garnish, the end of this I'll month, say, I swear we will have a recipe for a Sploogy Mary. <laughs> oh Lord! When I uh, studied abroad in Cape Town, there was actually a shot that was very popular at several of the college bars, which was called a woman's revenge, and it was like some kind of dairy-based liquid with liquor, so that if you didn't shoot it fast enough, it would curdle in your mouth. Ew! So. Just let that wash over you. Um, so I'm going to do one Splugy Mary and my garnish. That's basically uh, what happens to me if I swallow my boyfriend's semen. Yeah, basically. Um, my garnish will be uh, Nick's tiny pube because uh, Jeremy and I have just finished watching the most recent season of Big Mouth and we've been really enjoying it. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um now, Hannah, we had discussed before the podcast what our in later news was going to be. And then on the on the fly, off the cuff, I'm changing it up on you. And I am hoping that I might scoop you to something that you didn't know about. Are you ready for our in later news? Oh, let's see. I'm ready. As we began recording, I went to mute my phone and I saw on Instagram, a very important announcement. On December 7th, Nicole Byer will be releasing her first one-hour Netflix special. It is called Big Beautiful Weirdo. And she announced it with an amazing Instagram video. With a hamburger. Yeah, where she pole dances in a hamburger hamburger bikini. Yeah. I've seen it. I saw it yesterday. Wow. Well, I just want you to know, listeners, that I'm a better Nicole Byer fan because Hannah apparently already knew that and didn't want to use it for in ladier news. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's specifically BBW, Big Black yes. Weirdo, because usually it's... correct. Oh, sorry. Not, oh, my God. Yep. Mm-hmm. You did it. Wait. You're going to have to cut that out. You're going to have to cut that out. I'm not cutting that out. Big, no, beautiful what... weirdo. Correct. It's usually... Well, because what I'm referring to is in pornography, it's big black I know. woman. 
Yes. (laughs) 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 Oh, Hannah. Oh, Hannah. Okay. Okay, well, at least that's like the actual... Okay, you know what? I'm just going to stop. Yeah, no, you can... You can... Behind. You can the... Correct. It's fine. Um, okay. I do also want to shout out, before I shout these out, I do want to note they are currently sold out, and I'm not sure if there will be new ones before Christmas. But if you're a person, like we are, who loves a Christmas rom-com movie, if you love watching a movie where, like, a really beautiful woman just, like, can't get her shit together, she's such a clumsy idiot... Or another beautiful woman can't get her life together because she's a working woman. If you love that kind of movie where it's Christmas and she lives in a snow globe or she accidentally and sometimes there's fucks two Santa, of them in the same movie. Yes. If you love those things, an artist who I adore, uh, her website is called craftboner.com. Hannah is familiar with her because I've bought lots of stickers and patches and t-shirts and all kinds of other good stuff from her before. She makes a holiday rom-com roast kit. Now, they are sold out for 2021. I'm not sure if she'll make more or not. But she has created these bingo cards for the tropes in holiday rom-coms. And the kit comes with, like, fun pens and candy and a stack of these bingo cards. So if you are someone for whom that sounds fun, please check out her website. Cause I guarantee you'll like her other shit. And she puts this stuff out every year. Um, and so just check that out. We'll link to it in our show notes. She's the shit. Um, and yeah, Hannah, if people want to find you on the internet, how would they do that? Um, well, you can find my t-shirt website at bettershirts.org. And um, I'm releasing some new designs for Christmas that do go to charity. Um, so please check those out and buy those for charity um, so that you can get a cool shirt or sweatshirt this holiday season. But you can also support my city of Chicago while you do it. Um yeah. Do I ask you now where people can find you? <laughs> yeah, you can if you want. Even though you know I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and that you've never been to the internet. Um, <gasps> <laughs> ooh, listeners, if you would like to find me on the internet and you are more technologically savvy than my beautiful co-host Hannah, who is bad at computers... Um, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at Phillies Femme. That's Phillies like the like the baseball team and Femme like the French lady. If you want to find our podcast on the internet, you can find us on Twitter at the number 28 days lady underscore ER and on Instagram at the number 28 days ladyer. You can also send us an email. 28 days later at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have a holiday rom-com that could be spun as a horror movie, please tell us about it because that could be a fun game for us all to play together in December. Um, 
And I guess next or if time you have any information people, about semen allergies. Correct. If Hannah has totally <laughs> transformed your life and you want to tell her how brave she is, send us an email so that she can uh, know that. Um, otherwise, the next time you hear us in your beautiful little ears is going to be 2022. So, Hannah, is there anything you want to say to our listeners before that? Before we get into 2022? Whoa. Before we get into 2022, um, I think the biggest thing... Well, you know, as everyone knows, I'm very passionate about peeing after sex, Mm -hmm. um, which is part of what has been so difficult about my health troubles recently, is that even that has not been enough to save me Mm -hmm. from these issues I've encountered. Um, But I think now more than ever, as we enter into another year of just continuously drug-resistant diseases in all forms. Um, (laughs) Use protection when you can. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me, always pee after sex, but also just get some water, cup it in your hand, and wash all up in there just to be extra safe. (laughs) Clink! Clink! Scream Pod Squad.